Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 19, we're going to be looking at holiness and how we are different. So today's readings are coming from the English Standard Version, and I encourage you to follow along as we study. The passage reads, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So today as we read and study this passage, I want us to see that believers must be known by their love and holiness, not by conformity to the world. We need to be known by our love and holiness, not by conformity to the world to the world. So in this passage, we're seeing, and I want us to read also verse 20. I left this off a little bit, but this is really important. Verse 20, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Okay. That's actually part of a sentence. So I don't like, I'm not happy that I'm including it because I don't like breaking up sentences, but this is now, this is kind of a, a Western tendency, but I like to have a silver lining. You know what I'm saying? So if we just read that, that would kind of be like, man. But verse 20 is like that puts a little bit of a smile back on our face. So we're going to end with that. But, but in this passage, Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 20, we're seeing that believers must be known by their love and holiness, not by conformity to the world. And what we first need to realize is that the world is in opposition to God. Now, I want to get some things clear. Because a lot of times... The language that we use can be pretty similar to languages of cults, if we're not careful. You know, saying that, oh, you know, saying that everyone is against us is true, but at the same time, like, a lot of other people claim that. A lot of people claim that the whole world is against them. A lot of people claim that, you know, their crazy belief uh, means that everyone is against them. And so, does the evidence back that up? Well, it does. But that's a big claim I'm making. If I'm saying the world is in opposition to God, you know, that's a pretty big claim. I should back that up. So, the world, first what we're seeing is cannot understand God. And this is pretty clear. Honestly, like, you just look throughout history, and most of the world does not believe in God, does not understand God. Most of the world is darkened in its understanding. And this really goes through all levels of education, whether it is the most uneducated tribal person to the most educated, prestigious degree. There are many who do not believe in God, do not understand him, and do not want to do so. And Paul is not wrong in saying that Gentiles are futile in their minds, darkened in their understanding. Because when you do not understand God, you don't understand who runs the universe, and that's a problem. If you don't understand how authority works in the United States, then you're going to have troubles when you try to go 90 miles per hour in a school zone. You know, you'll be like, why does this cop pull me over? I don't believe this. I don't understand. You're going to make bad decisions because you don't understand how the world works. And of course, people are going to make bad decisions when they don't understand that God is in charge. I had a conversation 
with a man who simply could not wrap his head around the fact that Christianity was actually good. So not only do they not want to understand God, they don't want to understand the gospel. They're just like, I'm trying to tell this man, you know, friend, this is, I'm enjoying my life. Ever since I started really deeping, growing in my walk with God, I've really had joy in life. And he's like, oh, you know, good for you. You know, but kind of skeptical because the world, apart from God, does not understand. And not only is there mental not understanding, but there is also hostility towards God. Since they're alienated from the life of God and they have hardness of heart, they do these wicked things, as we see, whether that is sensuality or whether that is physical opposition to Christians, which, if you don't know, a great book to read is Jesus Freaks, and you'll find many Christians, and that's just one book. You can literally find libraries of Christians who have suffered for their faith, and it's a testament to Paul's writing. He's saying, you know, the world is opposed to God. Jesus said, if the world hated me, they're certainly going to hate you. So it's not a stretch to say that the world is in opposition to God. I want us to also look at the fact that the closer we are to the world, the farther we are from God. This, you know, this one is pretty obvious, but I want us to look at it. Because if the world is alienated from the life of God, and we are constantly living in the world, now not living in the world physically, but spiritually, or mentally, all that we are doing is thinking about the things of the world. All we are doing is, you know, taking pleasures in what the world likes. Then we are far from God. We ought to be a friend of sinners, but not companion with sinners. If that makes sense. I know, I know I'm playing with words a little bit. But what I want you to understand is, we need to be like Jesus. We need to be a friend of sinners. One who eats with them, who loves them, and who spreads the gospel to them. You know, who wants to bring them to the knowledge of the truth, to convert them. But we cannot be those who are buddy-buddy with the world. And how we just, you know, we'll do the things they do. You know, I mean, if we want them to obey the gospel, you know, why don't don't we just do what they want to do? You know, I actually hear that argument. Where it's like, you know, well, they share the gospel. You know, you kind of got to do some of the things they do. Like, no, that's not true. God is too powerful for you to not use his ways. Now, it may seem smart from a human perspective, but we just got to trust that God can use our evangelism plus his Holy Spirit to change lives. You see, our evangelism, our methods we use, that's not what saves them. It's the Holy Spirit who awakens them. God just chooses to use the seeds of our evangelism because he's a gracious and kind God. While we want to love the world, and show that the gospel is meant for them, we also can't join them in everything. You know, this means that, sure, it may be a gospel opportunity if you're around your friend. If he wants to go to a strip club, you can't join him. You know, there's just some things that you can't do. And this is not a legalistic, you know, I'm not saying that you cannot wear a certain hairstyle because the world doesn't. You know, that's I think mullets are ugly, but I'm not going to get mad at a Christian, at least on moral grounds, for having a mullet. I might get mad at him and say, what are you doing to yourself? That's a horrible haircut. But I'm not going to say, that's from the world, so you can't have a mullet. 
You know, while I like the idea of not having a mullet, that's not a good rationale for it. So, <laughs> we cannot be, we can't take this too far and say that we have to be like, you know, we have to be monks and stay away. We also cannot be so comfortable with the world that it's just our home. Because it's not. Heaven is our home. And finally, what we need to see is that we must redeem the good that the world makes for God's kingdom. That's the last thing I want to see. As we study this, it can be easy for us to think, you know, just to isolate from the world. I think it would be you had a hard time making the mistake of being like, oh, well, you read this passage, you know, they have been callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way you learn Christ. I think it would be kind of hard for you to read that and be like, all right, time to go join the world and everything they do. Unless you just completely reject what Paul is saying, you would not do that. But it could be easy to say, well, you know, we then we just need to, we got to turn off NBC, that's not Christian. We got to turn off, you know, PBS, that's not Christian. There are things that we can learn. Paul actually qu- quoted pagan philosophers to advance the gospel. As he engaged with these Gentiles, he knew the culture. Now, he did not participate in all aspects of the culture. You know, he certainly didn't go to the temple prostitutes, but he was aware in a healthy way, not a sinful curiosity, because we need to be careful there too. Are we following the culture so that we can get, you know, secret pleasures from it? Or are we following the culture so that we can connect with those who we are around? You know, sports is a great way. For you to connect with your, those at work. You know, I, I would say politics, but I really don't know how great of a way that is to connect. Unless it's like a conservative or a liberal buddy if you're, you know, if you're, if you're one part or the other. But that's, that's typically something you got to stay away from. You know, you don't want that. But anyways, there are things in culture that you can connect with. But at the same time, do not be so absorbed that you lose sight of the gospel. It's a tool but do not let it use you. Okay, we ought to have more joy than the world. If we are looking to sports or to pop culture for our joy, what does that say to the world? If we are just miserable at Sunday, and Sunday mornings, y'all, we're, if we look like we are darkened in our understanding, if we look like we are alienated from the life of God because we are ignorant or we have hardness of heart and callous, and we've given up. If we look like that, how is the world going to come to know Jesus? How is that going to work? Instead, we have to be different. We ought to have more joy than the world. And if we are miserable, are we not just like the world? So we must walk following Christ. We must, now I'm stealing a little bit of my future thunder, but we must put off our old selves which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt. We got to put that off and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's coming from right after this passage. Believers must be known by their love and holiness, not by conformity to the world. Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. If you have not already, I'd encourage you to go to our website, adoptedbelievers.com. You can find podcasts, articles, and other cool resources there. But without further ado, 
I'm going to see you all next time. Yeah.